0: what up what up welcome to mind your hives beekeeping i am your host greg layman i am here with my beautiful wife kara joe hello hello uh we what is it february 4th february
1: 4th yes yeah February february 4th
0: 2024 um we're actually we're doing this remote right
1: now we are and it's very pertinent we are in our we're building a forest apiary and we're out here recording.
0: Yeah, so um I started doing a little intro a few episodes ago and I think I'm gonna keep it going. So welcome to Mind Drive's Beekeeping. Um we're obviously a beekeeping podcast, but if you didn't read the description, you know, we kinda go off on tangents. We talk about beekeeping our farm, our chickens, our goats, our Um, herbs herbs yeah Our Um, crazy
1: landlords
0: (laughs) (laughs) our weird life we typically try to crack a beer and uh, and we just have a good time with it Um, the last time I checked reviews somebody said I just want to hear beekeeping facts and not this happy couple (laughs) having fun (laughs) and I was like okay so if that's what you're looking for just beekeeping facts maybe not the best place to listen but there's plenty of other uh, podcasts out there so we wish you bon voyage see you later um. But I'm yeah, thanks for for, this thanks for tuning in. Oh yeah, so, so special beer.
1: Okay, so here, but, a little backstory. Oh wait, what? You wanna well, say no, you go for it. Um, we have a quite a collection of bottled beers. Um, that have survived Hurricane Ida. They have survived. <clears throat> excuse me. They've survived. Um, a crazy, just a crazy life, moving lots of places. And I said to Greg, "What are we going to drink?" And he was like, "I don't know." And I'm like. You have a million amazing beers. Like go grab some. Let's drink them. Instead of them just sitting in a And I pulled and I
0: pulled out a gem.
1: Okay. I'm excited. So, There's two beers here.
0: Yeah. So this one I thought it was this is a good one because okay, for a lot of people this wouldn't be a big thing, but we just hit 25,000 listeners.
1: Listeners or listens? Unique
0: listens, okay? Whatever I don't know how it's all calculated, but twenty five thousand Wow. Unique listens. Whatever uh, that means. <laughs> whatever that means. I mean, we do this once every like four or six weeks. we have fun with it. We're not like trying to I don't know, this isn't like something we're we're not trying to be podcasters, but uh, but when Spotify hit me up and was like, "Hey, just say so you know you hit twenty five thousand, I was like, oh, well, that's kind of rad.
1: Yeah, that's, I think feel
0: like we were celebrating like a mini like milestone.
1: But I don't know anything about podcasting, so.
0: Yeah, exactly. I have no idea. I it's mean, just, I think there's a lot of podcasts out there that get 25 listens in the first like minute they release an episode, but. Uh,
1: it's a reason to pop a special beer.
0: Yeah, so I just thought that was fun. I mean, we did this to just kind of track what we do and it's fun. We are always mentoring people. So we one day just said, you know what, let's just record it. And here we are. Here we are. Twenty five thousand later. So so I'm cracking. This is a 2017 Jester King Spawn. So Spawn is their spontaneous. um, I need to keep the bottle because I got to tell you about this beer. Okay. Um, Spawn is their spontaneous. It's like a very Belgian style of brewing where you um, let yeast and bacteria that's just in the air kind of inoculate a beer in an open vessel, and then you let it. They let it go for two years and then they blend in cool fruit to these beers.
1: Yeah, the color of this is beautiful. So
0: this is uh, so this was actually brewed in 2016 and then they bottled it 2017 but it's blueberry and pitaya. P I T A Y A pitaya. pitaya <clears throat> which I had to look it up. I, I just from glancing I'm like, "Oh, papaya." But no, it's pitaya. Pitaya is a cousin of dragon fruit. So okay. it's a, it's a cactus. Um, But it's like one, you know, genus, one whatever that's called. I don't know if it's genus, but it's one little thing away from. uh, 2017 Spawn, Blueberry and Pattaya from Jester King in Austin, Texas. It's good.
1: It's not overpowering. It's like yummy and not too funky.
0: Oh, that's a cool beer. Yeah, you never know something that's been six, seven years I know. When you said that, I'm like, oh boy. You know Carol likes a beer when... Right away before she takes her second sip, she pours more into her glass, which she's doing right now. It's such a
1: little bottle. we might as well pour the little thing.
0: Um, I think it's funny, too. You know, we've we've definitely gained a lot of listeners and followers over the past maybe six months or so, but I never tell anybody we have a podcast.
1: Yeah, I don't tell people that either. It is on my Carajo Skincare's website. You can find the podcast through there.
0: Oh, that's cool. But yeah, I mean, I just, I never, I don't know. It feels weird.
1: It does feel weird. (laughs) There's
0: something like... It's very intimate, just like we're telling our beekeeping style and mm. we're talking about what we're doing. We're talking a lot about our failures. And I don't know, there's something it's, that's kind of intimate where I just, the people I interact with, like face to face more regularly, like I don't know. I don't talk about it at all. Yeah. When and then I, people bring it up to us more and more for sure. But like,
1: I know, like people have said, like, oh, people are talking about your podcast. I'm like, oh, they are. I know, I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh God. What are they saying? that's talk
0: shit. <laughs> yeah. oh. uh and I do uh, yeah
1: did we say something bad about like somebody
0: <laughs> well like one of our mentees one of our friends was like, I don't I didn't want to tell you like what I was doing because I was afraid you'd make fun of me on the podcast Aww. and I was like what and then I also uh, most of the time when we're telling a story it's like an amalgamation of multiple people of the same situation. Like we tend to, when people are asking us questions, they tend to be very similar to other people's questions. And then we, just, I just kind of group them together and, and we talk about it. I think
1: we're talking about them specifically. E- exactly. Yeah. And it's,
0: and it's either we're not talking about you at all, or we're talking about you along with like a whole group of other people that had the same situation, give or take. So or like, we're talking smack
1: on people, but we don't talk smack on like our friends. No, definitely not. Well, I hope not. No, I mean, on this podcast, we talk smack on people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Um, there is, I was, there is like Spotify does do a kind of like Patreon sort of thing. I don't know what Let's it is, but but like people send us money. So every once in a while, I'll, I'll, there'll be like a drop in of money coming Wait, from you Spotify. You didn't
1: tell me this.
0: Yeah, I don't, I never like, I just checked a box like a while ago and then I never thought about it. I don't even know how you do it.
1: Does it send it to your bank account?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, it's just called listener support.
1: Okay, thanks, guys.
0: Yeah, I, you can't tell who gave it to you or anything. It's just every once in a while, it's like, oh, hey, you got some cash. That is so wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So, whatever. That's fun. That's I, so I feel, fun. I think it's only Spotify. I don't know how it all works. Whatever. But that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: Um... <laughs> in um in non-local news
1: okay is it australian news <laughs> well
0: canada and the uk have overtaken australia
1: over oh in listeners yeah okay.
0: so i don't know australia starts slipping a little bit and canada and uk came in over the last couple of episodes and took them out so i kind of think it was my australian accent that they just said I'm no not, you wouldn't not do it. to them anymore <laughs>
1: You wouldn't do it.
0: <laughs> I think I ruined it. It was
1: the rocky accent.
0: I think I ruined it with the cool kids and now they don't want to <laughs> hang out with us anymore. Oh, it came on too strong. You did. You were coming on really strong. <laughs> or maybe like I was thinking they're in like the they're in like the depth of it right now, right? Like this is like prime beekeeping, like busy beekeeping season for for them. So maybe they just don't have the time. So, you know, they like
1: yeah, come up with all your
0: reasons. Yeah, and like the dumped. winter time, they're bored. They're like, it's like cuffing or whatever. You know, they like latch onto a fat kid in the winter just to get—is that cuffing? I have no idea what you're talking what about. What is it called? W- women talk about it where it's like, all right, it's about to be winter. Like, find a boyfriend.
1: I don't know about that. What? I, n- I never heard that before. Well, that's probably good. <laughs> um,
0: um, all right, so like, what? Are, we're we're in this forest apiary that we're building, and I'm excited to like, I'm excited to get this going. It's interesting. We have to clear. There's all these dead trees. Oh,
1: my God. This is such an overwhelming task. We're
0: next to a huge bonfire. We've been burning all these, like, you know, just, like, uh, little twigs and just, like...
1: And giant, big
0: logs. That, that aren't going to be able to be used for firewood. So, it's... We've had a... We, at one point... So, we started doing the burning on our first... A few weeks ago, we had the, our first snowfall. We had our first snowfall here in Pennsylvania in, like, two or three years. yeah. Yeah. Um, And we had a snow day or like you had a snow day. It was so great. Um, So because there was snow everywhere, I was like, let's just have a huge fire. And that fire burned for like four or five days. And I would just come out here and keep throwing stuff on it. And we didn't, we weren't, I wasn't worried about it because there's snow and wetness everywhere. Everywhere So it was like, let's go.
1: But there's like, I mean, how many dead trees are out here? It's dead ash just everywhere fallen.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, there's. Just Not in fallen. in my point of view, point of view, there's like forty dead ash trees, probably.
1: But then there were also in this space where we're building, there were already just a, an insane pile of dead trees just on top of one another, and just multi floor rows entangled over everything. And it would just it's one of those things that I think about that like you have this huge task in front of you that seems impossible. All you do is chip away and you chip away. And
0: that's literally, we're sitting in the area that was fully covered with fallen tree and just like debris. We, and multi-floor rose. And now it's, we're sitting, it's clear we're sitting in it. Like, yeah. This it's, is crazy.
1: Yeah, that's why I was like, let's come back out here. I'm like, I don't want to do any more work, but let's record out here. And it's just...
0: The sun setting.
1: Yeah. It just is like, you can, not to be cheesy, but you really can do anything if you just... Keep at it, one and, foot in front of the other yeah, type thing. I yeah, mean, I really feel like is. that's what we're doing. This whole farm thing is all about that, but yeah. So, you know, this apiary is going to be—it's going to be interesting because there is this clearing. But I'm interested to see like how much shade this apiary gets, and and, and
0: that's a big thing. I, I, we were just like doing the positioning and. For the first uh, maybe 10 or 15 hives we move into here, I'm going, I'm trying to make sure they're all south facing. So, you know, they'll get that morning sun. And I did all the calculations on like how far they need to be in a clearing in order to get that sun. Um, you, you
1: mean like away from the, tr- how far away from the trees? Yeah, like
0: these trees are like 50, 60 feet tall and like, you know, just seeing the shadow that they'll cast and at, for how long in the day they're going to cast that shadow until they'll get the, sun. so, you know, I've been messing around quite a bit with that to make sure that they'll, they're not going to be totally shaded, but like, you know, bees live in trees in the forest. Right. Like it's almost returning them into a more natural place, even though, you know, we're putting them in man-made boxes, blah, 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 but like. I don't know. I feel like it'll be fine. I just, I think we talked about it before. I'm curious, like small hive beetles. Is that going to be much more of a thing because there's more shade here than our full sun hives now? Yeah,
1: it'll be interesting. Uh, but I'm, I'm just thinking, and maybe this is obvious, but I guess they pick like caverns in trees that open south facing. Do they? I'm, I'm guessing. Where'd they come? But up here's, with
0: but here's the thing, like the amount of insulation going on in a, in a tree cavity. And they just have one entrance in a tree cavity. It's not like the sun is warming that up like it would a hive.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, so we'll report. We're doing a little experiment. We'll report. Back. Yeah,
0: but it's gonna be rad back here. Um. So all right, what's going on with our hives right now? They've all been given fondant. They've all been given the emergency winter feed. Um. They all you know, just kind of doing little lift tests. They still have quite a bit of weight to them, so that's good. It's almost been like. Ideal weather this winter for our bees because it's been cold but not that cold. Like what? What is the all the Canada the beekeepers that will keep their bees in like these refrigerated warehouses? I think they keep. I want to say forty seven degrees. Okay,
1: well then they're not venturing out, wasting energy. It's that perfect Yeah, it's
0: that perfect in between. It's like it's not too warm where they think they're it's spring and they're flying and wasting energy. It's not too cold that they have to like overly vibrate their bodies and expend expend extra energy. It's like that perfect it's like uh we have an electric car, it's like sixty miles an hour. Sixty
1: five cruise sixty five. Everybody's maximize, passing me on the left hand side. I'm happy in the right lane.
0: But it max that speed maximizes the, you know, miles per kilowatt that we can get and it, you know, ends up working out. So I kind of feel like we've been in that zone with the bees this year. Today was the first
1: day that I they've saw been like flying. Bee. Yeah. Yeah
0: um I'm like oh
1: shit it's coming here we go i
0: know like spring is coming um we wrapped half of our hives we put a winter wrap on them because we had them yeah. um i mean we did it right before it was single not single digits teens teen temperatures fahrenheit um for like a solid week and so that know- was kind of nice i was like you know what why not it's so easy we have them and the put thing
1: them on. is is like when we got out there like um we just noticed like a couple different things, like things that we needed to do. I can't remember anything that we needed to do to them, but like, it was like, Oh shit, this, I even like this box is a little off kilter or like, yeah, exactly. Just, like, did like, this happen did,
0: when the last time we were in, did we not perfectly put this on? So there's like a little wind spot that, you know, that's the thing about the wraps too, is it seals them up. It's almost more of a windbreak than it is an insulation.
1: And it was just an opportunity to go and check out the hives. Like Oh, I know what it was. It was um, just like the entrances were kind of clogged up with snow, which apparently they can just get out on their own and it doesn't really matter. Um, The only
0: time you run into an issue is when um, they have snow there and then all of a sudden there's a melt and then it turns into ice. ice and then all of a sudden there's a huge chunk of ice at their entrance. And they're just, they're not going to be able to get out and that, that'll cause issues. But like having the snow in the front, honestly, it's like an igloo. It acts as a little insulation at the time of storm.
1: Well, remember who's the, I can never remember anybody's names. Um, The dude, the Vermont, uh, Michael Palmer, is he in Vermont? Nailed it. Uh, and we were listening to him speak and he had those pictures of the snow <laughs> yeah. and it was uh, like above the entrance yeah, and literally. they like burrowed out like feet yeah. away, like out. And he was like every, they're like, fine. They're good. You don't need to worry about them.
0: But and people are like they need to have a top entrance. Right. He's like, yeah, no trees. Don't we're good. Trees yeah. don't. Exactly. Although trees aren't sitting in snow. True statement. Higher than that. But yeah. Um, we, <laughs> d- we, we, we over, since October ish, we have found a couple dead outs and you know the, here's the thing about them is you you go into your notes and like it's one of those where i see it so it was when i went in to make sure they had winter feed and i think maybe two might have been three of our hives total so less than 10, 5% um were there were just there was no bees or there was a there was a cluster of dead bees and then a lot of dead bees on the bottom board um and every time it's like, God, this sucks. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a kind of punching the gut, kicking the balls it's just, feeling.
1: It's like sad.
0: It's totally sad. But then I go into the notes and knock on wood. Thank God. All of them had a reason. All of it, Every one of those dead outs. It made sense. My last note on one of them, I remember was like, I don't think the queen was properly mated, but it's too late to tell. Like a lot of the hives have stopped having a lot, stopped laying. But like populations looking a little smaller, you know, fingers crossed. I don't want to merge in. I don't want to risk that fingers crossed. They're good. And, you know, yeah. So it's like that pattern recognition that at that moment I said in October went like, yeah, there might be something wrong here. Keep an eye on it. And here's the other thing. So we've talked about this a lot. We do treat for mites. You know, we, we do what we would refer to as organic beekeeping. Um, and we use oxalic acid and we use what formic. Yeah. Um, and we, we only treat when our bees test above a certain threshold for mites. So we do a wash and we count the mites. And if there's more than six, we treat. So what is that? Six out of 300, give or take.
1: Yeah. It's like half a cup. Yeah. Half a
0: cup, 300 bees. So we see if there's whatever about half of our hives this year didn't test above six.
1: That's so awesome.
0: So we didn't treat them. They, but yeah, they. You know, there's mites. You know, and it's like, okay, should we have just treated them anyway?
1: Well, everybody gets the winter treatment,
0: and and we we will do it one time in the winter. We go in, we do a vaporization, we knock all the mites off because we know there's no brood. So literally, we're getting ninety nine point nine percent of the mites. Um, so when they come out of spring, they're you know come really coming at a at a, at a clip, like you know they're clean. They're clean. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean literally mites like overwinter in the hive with them and they literally suck the life out of these fat winter bees and that's just brutal. So, um because of us not treating, you know, there's still going to be some mites whether the test wasn't of accurate, course. whether they all of a sudden got a huge bump, I mean maybe they robbed out a dead out that we you know, we didn't see and uh, they just picked up a ton of mite, who knows. But shit's going to happen. Um, and I almost want it to happen. You want dead outs. uh, It's so hard to say that.
1: It's, well, it's not that you want dead outs, but you want dead outs. (laughs)
0: It, it it's when you, it shows that, you know, it's, it's not a a perfect. It's a survival
1: of the fittest kind of thing. Is that what you mean? And I'm
0: not trying to do, I'm not, there's beekeepers out there that I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to debate because I don't really, it's not my thing with them, but it's like, they're like, no, 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 we want dead bees because, you know, it was sur- only survival of the fittest. So every hive we're not going to treat and only the strongest survive. We've talked about this so many times.
1: It just spreads diseases. You're and, messing yeah. with
0: native pollinators at that point. These are not the be Honeybees aren't the bees to save. So there's, We have a whole episode about that. Yeah,
1: they're agriculture. It's like save the cows.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it, so if you're not thinking about the native pollinators, you, you're really just, hey, whatever. You're... Short sighted, yeah, or maybe that's just you just don't care, you know. I mean,
1: right, but I think that's short sighted, not caring about that. I think it's short sighted, so yeah, but we get to uh, more than like you want
0: dead outs, it's more like the, because there's dead outs, there's also survival.
1: That's what I was just gonna say, yeah, yeah, you get the strong hives, and you're like, oh, yeah,
0: so you know, and then I make we make sure that come next year i have all those marked i have like our top five favorite queens that we haven't been treated yet i have them all marked and if they come out of winter and they're looking booming those are the ones i'm going to use the queen castle <laughs> yeah they're the survivors and
1: no just that you have you know that you who the strong stock is uh, we're when gonna you we're, have a weak stock
0: we're, we're gonna breed from those bees that's what i was saying the Those are the first bees that were like, okay, let's fill the queen castle up in the spring with their genetics and let's keep it going. Although Montgomery County Beekeepers Association of Pennsylvania that uh, I'm former president of, which feels so good to say, (laughs) um, I appreciate my civic duty or whatever you want to call it. I enjoyed the time doing it, but I also didn't enjoy the time doing it and I'm glad to not be doing it anymore. Um, but the club is in a great place, and there's better people than me running it, and that's awesome. Um, I'm still on the board though, because there's like a past president spot on the board. Womp womp. But it's I'd rather be I'd it's I like being on the board. Um, we just had a speaker, and I feel like a jerk. I don't remember her name.
1: I know, am Like I said, I don't know anybody's oh, name. I'm bad.
0: But she. So okay, Marla Spivak. I believe is her name, and I think Minnesota. This was not the speaker. Oh, I was like, no, you no, just no. pulled that no, out. No, 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 no. Spivak. She is the person, the beekeeper that developed. And I could be wrong on this. She's very known for this, though. Developed the um, and what Michael Palmer does in Vermont, um, where you freeze a section of brood, and you come back and you test to see how quickly your bees cleaned out those dead cells. So you literally do like a dry ice freeze of a you know you put a cup over a section of the frame you put dry ice it kills all the brood and then you see how quickly they clean it and that's a way to test for hygienic
1: behavior by the way her name is kara wagner kara wagner yeah yeah
0: yeah. wagner um she was great um but kara wagner and she's got some partners they have developed they have a company called optera and they've developed um what they're calling ubo u as in the letter u B B E E and then just O. Um, But U-B-O is a similar method. So you you have that same kind of size circle that you do with that dry ice test I just talked about um, that Marla Spivak, I think, developed. Um, But they went a little deeper than that, and they actually found the pheromones that the brood will put off when they're stressed because of mites, because of disease, because of whatever. They, it's a pheromone that they that they all have, but there's heightened levels of it when they're when they're you know fighting something. Um, they literally just recreated that chemical compound in a lab, and then they made it into a tester where you can spray that chemical on a sample of bees, and then come back. Not a sample of bees on a sample a frame. Brood. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Um, and come back and see how quickly your bees.
1: Uncap the brood, Unca- to, yeah. because they're giving the stress pheromone, whatever. That there's like disease or an issue yeah, or so, something.
0: So hygienic bees will like if there's disease that they know about, they will clean those cells out and get rid of them. I mean that's their way. It's like sacrifice the babies because that also kills the mites.
1: And you have to go in
0: within like what, like two hours or
1: something to see.
0: I don't. Yeah, I'm not. It was
1: pretty quick because she said, which so, I thought was interesting. Within like not much longer than that, they'll start to cap the cells back up again
0: yeah i mean some some bees are better at capping and they're really into it so anyway um (laughs) so this product ubo it's expensive i mean it's i think it was 200 bucks and you got 10 testers she was talking i'm like
1: we're getting this thing this is amazing and then we're like oh no we're not (laughs) i'm like all right we might get like
0: Try it, and then and she also talked about how just there's such a quick drop off because of you know these queens are getting open mated with all these different drones that you know you lose that hygienic in one session yeah so you know even in one gangbang and it's gone
1: yeah your queen is hygienic her daughter isn't necessarily hygienic but Did, are you going to talk about the drones because I want to talk about it oh you're not going to talk what, about that?
0: okay you can talk about the drones in a second um, remember our first apiary spot. So the, yeah, our, our first farm, there was a point where I was like, I'm watching our bees get better and better and better and better. And I'm thinking the whole time every year, we're putting so many drones out there. Our drones are mating with Queens from a mile away. Like those genetics, because, you know, we had like a dozen hives or 15 hives at that spot. Like those genetics are going to saturate a suburban environment. I feel like pretty quickly. I mean, there's a good amount of beekeepers and some really bad beekeepers around us in that area. But like, I just, I, I kept going like, our drones aren't necessarily helping our colonies because, you know, they know they need to go away from their queen. So they're not mating with their sisters, <laughs> half sisters, I guess. Um, Or no, it guess it would be a full sister. I mean, they only have the genetics of, of the mom. mom, but there's no, uh, what would you call that? Well, it's whatever, sister. They have
1: the same mom and no dad. There is no there yeah. is no human word for it.
0: Um, so you know, so it's like I I remember at first being like, man, like Hive three is gonna like that drone might might bang Hive one's queen when she goes for her mating flight. That's gonna be great. And then more a little more research, you learn they really don't do that. They go pretty far away to make sure they're not doing that. But I'm thinking it's spreading all these. Gene, it's getting better and better, and then we move, and here we are. And I'm like, all right, how long before we, you know, have an impact on bees the, here?
1: The genetics.
0: Yeah, and I think this test is a way to really advance that a lot quicker. Because if we can, if and I think we we're gonna do right. We got to play with this. Uh, this is, yeah, it's, I totally want to play with so, it. So I mean, w- with what we're doing right now, I think it's a great thing to do. Um.
1: We're obviously not getting paid for this promotion, because <laughs> otherwise we wouldn't be contemplating if we're going to spend $200 on this thing.
0: But uh, but I thought that would be a good way to, like, skip a lot of steps that we've missed moving all of our bees.
1: Yeah, they've been rocked a couple times, quite a few times in the last couple years.
0: and And also, like, it'll either confirm or not confirm all these notes we have and all these you know, this is our top line. These are the best bees. They are the most mite resistant, but well, we might do the test on them. And it's like, yeah, no, they're just like average. But like, you know, what for whatever reason, they've been really healthy.
1: So it she did all of this. It wasn't just so it like it tests hygienic behavior. Right. But like then they did all of these other tests and the bees with the highest hygienic behavior had like the lowest amount of disease. And like, I don't even remember everything, but. Time after time and study after study that they did, the the most hygienic bees were the healthiest bees in like 10 different
0: areas. And, and they did find the correlation between the dry ice method and their method showed very similar results. So it backed up that the, you know, they are s- certainly showing the, that they're hygienic, but this was a little deeper and it just got a little, it was like, you know, it's a more accurate test. You're not just killing a bunch of bees and seeing how quickly they clean them up. You're actually making it look like they're diseased. You're
1: speaking their language. Yeah, which, yeah. that's pretty rad. So, one thing, she, and she had mentioned this. Go ahead.
0: Did you talk about drones? You wanted to talk. That's about what drones. I want to talk right, right, right now. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should drink your beer while I'm talking because I want to open up this other one. Um,
0: I've been doing a lot of the talking. Kara apparently has been doing the drinking.
1: <laughs> this, listen, there wasn't that much in this class. This is a small bottle. Uh, so she was just talking about, you know, in that whole idea of, um, saturating the area with good genetics and hygienic genetics, um, keeping, so we scrape out like a, here, this is the bottle of, the uh, we scrape out like a lot of just bottom of the cell drones. It just, you know, yeah. we don't need them. It's like might might treat quote unquote or part of the pest integrated pest management is just like scraping out drones
0: well i mean it's kind of burr comb and but sometimes
1: it's just like on the bottom yeah it's burr comb but like i
0: don't do much of the scraping of if the cells are on the actual frame yeah it's pretty rare i do that Like, like where they should be on the frame there was a time where i'm like oh man i don't want this many drones and i would scrape those out but yeah, I mean, you're saying it, but mites, te- mites know that they get more of an extra reproductive cycle in a drone cell versus in a regular worker cell. So they congregate and go into those drone cells. So it is IPM. It's an in- it's integrated pest management scraping those those cells. I get it.
1: But I was also thinking that, like, if and you'd have to mark the hive and you'd have to be like aware going into the hive, but like hives that aren't performing as well. Definitely scrape those drone cells hives that you want to be like, yes, we want these genetics. Maybe even if it is Burke home, just leave it. Just let them be there and um, perpetuate that. So I just thought that that was like a simple thing. What, what
0: if we took like drone, a drone frame and threw a drone frame in like the queen castle, like got them to make a whole frame of drone. You know, you take a drone yeah. frame, you throw it in the freezer and that's a way to, to kind of, you know, collect the mites and kill them off. What if you took a whole drone frame, put that in a in a queen castle before they emerge? All of a sudden, these drones pop out. They're like, wait, what's going on? We're, we're all our workers, but they've got food. They've got pollen. They've got some honey.
1: It'd have to be a mite-resistant one because you don't want them to mite bomb. Valid. Because they're going to go into other hives. Valid. So what is this beer you just
0: cracked? Yeah, so this is... Uh, a great brewery in collegeville pennsylvania so this is trouble's end um shout out to uh to to some friends that own that and you know zach the brewer casey dave some people i've known for a very long time um and it's like our kind of our closest brewery yeah it's great
1: that there's like a really good brewery and the food is bomb yeah dizzle and close it's like 20 minutes. Did I just say bomb minutes. You did.
0: Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, I don't know how to pronounce this. Voses Corum. V-O-C-E-S. Voses Corum. It is a barrel-aged Cezanne with Cabernet Sauvignon and mm. Barbera grapes. Um. So, yeah. Vox Vinetti. You know that vineyard. Vox Vinetti. No. They did a collab with Vox Vinetti, And I think this was the first. I want to say this is the first bottle that they released. Like, this is a few years ago. it have been around... Oh no, never mind. I'm lying. This was a bottle twelve twenty one twenty two. So it, it's pretty good, right? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's cool. We beer.
1: haven't been holding on to it that long, <laughs> <laughs> but we went through two bottles today, so um, that's good.
0: So I I, I I hinted at this earlier, but I got to thinking like we really don't know other beekeeper styles and how they beekeep. Like we've beekept with other people before, but it's more it's more always been like hey. Um, I could use your help. Can you come help me beekeep? Where then one of us is there, but we're running point on like, okay, this is how we would do it. I've, besides like classes early on, I haven't spent a ton of time just beekeeping with somebody else and just going like, all right, tell me what to do. Like, these are your hives. Let's go. Yeah. Or I have, and it's been people we taught, so they were already doing things kind of our way.
1: Or, yeah.
0: And like when we first started, there was not much... YouTube, none of that really was going on. There was a few, like, you know, fat guy in Kentucky and, like, a couple people down south. That guy
1: that's never wore shirts, that yeah.
0: guy? <laughs> oh, he's still a thing, I think.
1: <laughs> I got. He was good. He's
0: good, but if you look back on the stuff he tells people, you're like, he's a terrible, terrible oh, man. person. Not person, terrible <laughs> like, coach, mentor, teacher. <laughs> he's saying really bad things. Oh, it's terrible. It's like a running joke in the B community. Like, let me guess... You follow the fat Kentucky guy, fat shirtless guy, um, large and in charge. But we, so, but because of like not really having influence besides we've been very like, you know, listening to speakers and attending seminars and, you know, classes and all that. We've just like b- developed our own style, right? Like,
1: yeah, I mean, you I also- feel like it's our own style. <laughs> I have no idea, but I have gone in other people's hives and I've been like, what's happening in this hive? <laughs> like what's going on over here? Yeah. I don't know what they're, I think a lot of people seem to be really hands off. Yeah. There seems to be that going on.
0: I mean, there's a lot of people. Okay. So there's a lot of people that like they get into beekeeping just cause like, Oh, I just, you know, I want some pollinators for my garden or like maybe it's not about the honey.
1: Or people get into it cause it it's good for Instagram or like cool.
0: That's so valid. That's unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of times when people are like, I'm going to get into bees, I spend most of my conversation telling them not to do it.
1: There are people that like are super passionate about the environment and really want to do it. Um, and I think that's why they get into it. But uh, I feel like a lot of people don't educate themselves. They go into it and then, or they're just people get into it and they, they don't really have the time to be
0: Yeah. I mean, how many times have I said it? It's beekeeping is like, uh, you know, it's not a hobby, so to speak. Like making cheese can be a hobby. Owning cattle to get milk is not a hobby. Owning bees is more like owning cattle. It's like the, you know, the livestock side of it. Whereas, yeah, honey is a byproduct of that, but it ain't, it, it really shouldn't be a hobby. I mean, unless you're retired and you've got a lot of time on your hands, but for like working people, families, and all that stuff, like it ain't, a, it ain't a hobby.
1: Well, like it's definitely not for us. But like one two hives, that's not going to be that big of a deal. But even trying to But s- it, those first few years, the amount of time
0: and- you should spend learning and get just getting to in, to know your bees. Not a lot of people have even just going in once a week in the spring is so hard for so many people. Yeah, so true. I mean, okay, you're a teacher, right? Like. How difficult would it be for you if you had a family and you're teaching? Oh,
1: never. It would be so hard. Even
0: if it's one or two hives in the beginning, that still takes like an hour or two because you don't know what you're doing. Right. It takes forever. So, like, I, I steer people. I'm like, you should really check out native bees. There's some really great things you can put up in your yard. You can even get like these mason bees. Like, you can have involvement in them. It's not totally hands off. But like there's other things you should look at. It's
1: so true because we know how many people do we know, like spend all this money or like I'm going to beekeep. And then like two years later, they're like, oh, do you want all my equipment? How, I was just, <laughs> just
0: going to say, how much equipment do we have from that exact situation? Um,
1: yeah, we've benefited from those people for sure.
0: It would be hard. You know, we, OK, we have 50 hives, like n- not very many in the grand scheme of it. It's We're nowhere near a commercial level beekeeper. But it would be hard to have somebody else work our bees. Like, that would be, it's such a personal thing, this relationship we have with these little animals. Like, it would be hard to have somebody else do it. Like, I mean, I guess I could go like, hey, I re- I really need you to do like X, Y, and Z, but like. Well, you
1: also have to make, and this was like a big thing when we first started doing this. It's not, not this. so we've black talked, and white. We've talked about this, but like, I, you were like, there can only really be one ultimate decision maker in this process. And so, like, y- you have to be on the same page, at least of like the direction you're moving, your goals, how you like when you run into a problem, this is, these are our options. Cause there's so many options, but like, what do we do? What do you like, you know, it has to be of the, the same philosophy.
0: And, and that was why, you know, before we started recording this podcast, when we would just sit down, crack a beer and just talk about what we just saw in the hives, that was what we were doing. It's like getting on, making sure we were on the same page and also developing our style and how we want to be keep. And, and then all of a sudden and we went, like, Hey, let's record like, yeah. that, record it. But like, We were overly communicating, you and I.
1: Yeah, because it was so fun, because it was like, let's crack a beer and sit on the porch and talk about beekeeping.
0: Um, Shout out to, oh man, I'm so bad with names. Shout out to, there's a couple that hit us up. Um, uh,
1: Jackie?
0: I think it might be Jackie. Um, on Instagram? But husband and wife listeners, they have their bees 7,000 feet up in the Sierras. Whoa. How cool is that. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, what Yeah. It's rad. Can Super we go rad. visit them? <laughs> <laughs> and just talk about like their what their experience. and we I, I said it, like there wasn't many beekeepers and the ones that there were on YouTube when we started were down south. Like imagine if Jackie and her husband were just following what we do, but they're seven thousand feet up in the Sierras, like it's not the same style of beekeeping. You're gonna have a very different yeah imagine if they were just following our every word and be like we're gonna be keep like it Craig would not make any sense at all yeah. they're in a totally different climate and environment um so you kind of have to develop your own style because you know how many people have you know or have mentors that you're, are local
1: you're making me really want to talk to other people about like in these different situations like what are the decisions they're making in different ways
0: um so uh, what uh what's her name kara Wagner. Kara Wagner. She said something about smoke, and they had done testing and found that smoke blocks the... I totally would on a different tangent here because I forgot to bring this up. But smoke blocks the bees um, from, like, you know, smelling pheromones, being able to react properly, for right. 20 minutes. Okay. Wow. Right? I didn't know that was that
1: long. Me- meanwhile, there's these people that are like, smoke, 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 smoke. smoke. <laughs> well, that's why I
0: immediately brought it up. Like, I... I've done a few presentations and like, you know, it's always funny. You get these responses. And I remember one of the presentations, multiple times, people, first response was, do, do you not use smoke? Right. Like, yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't hear, like, I I, th- I want to say it was a queen video yeah, or something it was. It was a video I'm like, yeah, I, I don't want to block the pheromones. Like that would be pretty detrimental at that time of year or that situation when you're, you know, the queen pheromones is what's needed in that hive. I'm not trying to block that at all. And also it's the springtime. So they're so gentle, like you don't need smoke, but it's like, they, I think there's people that just immediately open that hive up, smoke, smoke, smoke. smoke, And then they are going to go in and it's like, no.
1: Yeah. Tap in to see what's going on. Like,
0: but how many, you vibe? know, sh- big fat shirtless beekeepers are there out there that just open the hive, smoke the crap out of them? They're like, I don't even need a veil. You're yeah. like, OK. <laughs> yeah. But OK. Think about tw- what 20 minutes for a beehive is like. Imagine if you had a factory with fifty seventy five thousand mm-hmm. 75,000 workers. And for 20. OK. So the bees really can only operate um, for daylight time. So let's just say 12 hours a day. So all of a sudden you're taking like a what a 30th a 36th of their day and you're just completely wiping them out so they can't do anything huh. like that would a factory if all of a sudden for 20 minutes you just caused chaos and you made them so they couldn't do, hit the do stop their, button. Yeah. yeah that it would implode it wouldn't it, it would be terrible so like you're doing that to your bees granted you're doing it to a portion of the bees blah 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 but like. I don't know, it's a little more detrimental than people think and they just go like, "No, it just makes makes it easier for me."
1: Well, this is interesting because I think it was Michael Palmer again said that uh, they've done some studies and they found that smoking decreases honey production. Of
0: course it does because yeah, you're that's stopping, the case. Yeah. Yeah. That's a a lot of bees for a good chunk of time. And uh, granted, One smoke, 20 minutes. If you're in hives for a while, it's way more than 20 minutes. And just think about it as far as you're going into the hives. You're interrupting those hives for how long? Like, you're messing with like a good portion of their day.
1: I just spilled my beer.
0: (laughs) But we have nothing out here, so
1: we're just gonna have to let it sit
0: yeah here i'll throw you i'll grab you a work glove you can wipe it with that oh thank
1: you yeah so i think that that's good to just like bring awareness to that situation maybe like as you go into the spring noticing just uh, how much smoke are we using for no reason at all but you know what i mean like overly using it and when can you kind of cut back we're having a problem here
0: this is what happens when you're in the middle of a the woods. Yeah, woods. Um so yeah, just be a little bit more mindful of when you're interrupting these bees and yeah, you think know, of what it you're as doing to them. Um but if you want to look at it from just like a, a utilitarian perspective, you're messing with your own product. You Ooh, know, if you're yeah. trying to get honey, you're interrupting them a lot and you're messing with their honey. But it's all a balance, right? So, like, you need to go in there, you need to check, you need to see what's happening, you might need to react to something. And that's more important than letting them continue on their day because you need to interrupt them and you need to take care of an issue. So, like, it's all a balance. Yeah, it's not
1: don't use smoke, it's pay attention.
0: Well, who was it? I, th- I want to say JC Penny or like. I that's don't know, a real person, JC Penney. Strawbridge and Clothier. <laughs> oh. But no, J- I think it was JC Penny. Okay. Of course that's a real person. What? The name of store JC Penny.
1: I didn't really ever think about it. What?
0: <laughs> like RL Stein? Is that really a person?
1: Yeah, I guess JC Penny.
0: I'm pretty sure JC Penny was a per- Who's your friend related to?
1: What friend?
0: Um Beth's husband, isn't he like a Penny?
1: Uh I have no idea.
0: He's from a
1: I think it was more like tiffany or you're i i'm tiffany. a tiffany <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to bring up that you're a tiffany
0: Well, no, no it's all right you uh, want to know the story of me being a tiffany apparently like three generations ago there was a big fight in the fa- my family and my whoever ends up being on my side of the family splits away from the tiffany and this was the tiffany's at this point were were lamp people but like crazy rich she splits away and never sees any of the money and goes and you know procreates enough that i eventually pop out
1: you're the poor fa- poor side of yeah the
0: and then the other side cute. is the tiffany's that becomes like the jewelry empire
1: that's a womp womp, womp. uh
0: with my cousin richard gear who was on the tiffany side i'm richard gear but on the beekeeping yeah. side. <laughs> 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 anyway um okay so
1: jc penny oh yeah so i think when
0: he hired upper management he would take them out to lunch and if they salted their food before trying it.
1: Oh, yes. I did hear this. Maybe from you.
0: He never, he wouldn't hire them because he's like, you're jumping to conclusions. Like, how are you just going to, even if you know you like salty food, it might be salty. What are you doing? Huh. I don't want a worker that doesn't, you just know, is mindful. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. People definitely mindlessly
0: smoke. Um, Did we talk enough about dead bees? No. Dead bees, like, okay. Dead bees isn't a bad thing. We we started talking yes, about we it. We talked I feel about like, survivors, survivors. Yeah, but but you, you need dead bees are bad when you don't know why.
1: Yeah, because then you can't you can't correct anything. You don't you don't deepen your understanding. Then
0: it's just it's a waste.
1: It is a waste.
0: Like, it's such a waste. You really and and you never really know why, right? Like it's not. It's a best guess. It's not so black and white, but it's a best guess. If you have no info, take notes, I, you know, say a lot. Well, take and, notes.
1: and there's always, I remember when I learned about, um, hive autopsies and I was like, I want to do a hive auto- autopsy. And then you look and you're like, you don't really know the notes is where it comes in play. That's how you can really figure it out.
0: Coming out of winter. There's a few signs. If you find dead bees, like that are specific things, but like as soon as they're dead from a, a few minutes and there's a couple warm spells, you're not going to be able
1: to tell much. They're just all on the bottom. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, a lot of beekeepers get into it. Like you know, love nature, love the environment, want to help the bees, and then they they don't want any bees to die, and they don't want to merge hives, and they don't want to do. Sometimes you gotta get you gotta kill a queen. You know what I mean? You gotta merge. You gotta yeah, kill a queen. I got, hear
1: people being like, "Oh, I don't really want to go in and disturb them." Uh, and I'm like, uh, they're it's, yeah. I
0: get that it's tough. And I, you know, I'd rather a beekeeper be on the side of, like, compassion, over compassion than, like, way under compassion. Yeah. But, like—
1: But nature is metal, so just (laughs) you gotta go in and you gotta do
0: your thing, man. And, you know, for the most part, you're humanizing it, right?
1: Yeah, you're 100%—don't humanize animals and insects.
0: I I know some people that have really had a hard time. They've gotten into beekeeping, and then all of a sudden they've got so many hives— because they're good at what they do. yeah, and, and then all of a sudden they're overwhelmed and then they start making mistakes. And it's, you know, not making that decision to, to squish a queen and merge a hive. And then next thing you know, you're making bad, poor decisions because you don't have the equipment and you're, you're putting them their lives in jeopardy in a very different way. But it's something you gotta learn on your own. You, you can't teach it. You know, you just, you gotta experience me like, man, I just bit off more than I could chew. Like how can I fix that?
1: Yeah, and like, what do you do with all of those bees that you don't want? That you're like so successful, and then it's just like happening. That's like a. I feel like that's a real problem that's happening, especially in like areas where there's so many beekeepers, so you can't really like sell your bee. Nobody really wants your bees, and I see that as an issue.
0: Yeah, I mean we're you know fortunate in the way that we've turned this into a, a business, so we're all of a sudden like you know we we can handle having bees. But if we were still just doing this from a hobbyist perspective.
1: We'd be screwed. <laughs> we'd be screwed or we'd be selling a lot of bees. Yeah. And I because mean. Because we have hope that you'd we're doubling be every year. to find people to sell the bees too. I think that's also the thing.
0: Um, whenever I am with a beginner class, um, I always, after that, after that first like April or May class, I always go like, how tough was that squish sound? Oh. <sighs> That first t- time you put that li- that box on, you put that lid on, and you hear the crunch, the squish.
1: When you're at a... when, so the, uh, the, Oh,
0: I just did that. I just killed bees. Oh.
1: At the uh, first year um, class, there's an apiary. There's like a class apiary, and everybody's out there. And people are doing the hives and stuff. And you see the first-year beaks, like, cringe every time. They're like, oh, oh, he's so rough. Oh, my God.
0: Ah." Yeah. And some beekeepers are a little more rough than others. For sure. There's a method we do where we, like, kind of set down and twist. And it it really limits the amount of squishing that's going to happen. And then there's beekeepers that are just throwing that box on. They don't care.
1: And it's also, like, how heavy is the... Box. Can I even like? You really got to get in shape and be able to like hover and move it, or you're just plopping down because it's too heavy and there's nothing else you can do.
0: So the, uh, it reminds me of there was a video I saw on I'm just I don't know, assuming Instagram, and I think they were down south because I don't, or maybe it was last year, but they were building nukes, and or no, they were building packages. And this dude's just, you know, he's just scooping bees and putting them in these boxes. And then he's taking the can of syrup and he's just putting that in there and he's stapling it down and he's just,
1: it's like a production line and
0: you're seeing him squish bees. I mean, there's no way you're not doing it. And I'm like, "Mm, man, like that's a kind of a brutal sight. but like, I get it. Like you kind of have to be quick in these circumstances. Like, you know, you're going to have to sacrifice a few. Stop humanizing it. Like, all right. And then I look at the comments and dude, every comment was just like, you're killing the yeah, bees. You're course. killing the bees. How dare you? You could just take a little bit more time and you wouldn't have that happen. And like, don't buy packages then. <laughs> uh, and so I'm like, I'm not judging this guy for this. Like that. There's so much more to this than judging him for building these packages. So I look a little bit more and then I see he's not, he doesn't ship packages. He's like locals only. I, I don't want, Or bees don't need to be shipped local pickups only. I'm like, all right, he's like passing my litmus test a little bit here. Yeah. Like I like the sound of that. (laughs) But so then I started thinking about it and it's like sometimes swiftness that sacrifices some bees on the short term like that maybe is the move. Because if you take longer amount of time, you might be killing more bees in the long run anyway. Like, it, what he, Where he's doing that, are the, are those bees all of a sudden that they get free and then right. they're just like and then they're gone. in a work shed and then who knows where they're going to end up and they're going to die?
1: It's interesting. You know,
0: so like maybe his swiftness in that was actually saving a lot more bees than if he was taking his time and being a lot slower. And it's just like the nature of the beast. But like, I, I think you're jumping to conclusions being like you're killing bees. Maybe he's actually saving bees because of
1: that because of how fast he's moving. Yeah, and,
0: and then... Getting him in there and... And that is a situation that you... That exists while you're keeping your bees. Like, or while you're beekeeping. There's times where you, you gotta be quick. Like, shit's going down.
1: And sometimes I'm like, I'm moving so slow and I need to go faster. And I'm like, oh, I'm killing you all. Yeah, it totally happens.
0: But if you didn't do that, all of a sudden your jacket is full of stingers. Yeah. Which means a whole bunch of dead bees. And... Then those those stingers are putting out say, acetate pheromone that's giving the alarm pheromone to the other bees. All of a sudden, you've got more dead bees. When if you just would have been quick and put that box on, yeah, you might have salvaged a few. But you know the the chaos that was ensuing needed right. to end. Yeah, where if you were just oh, I'm just gonna take my time and whatever I'm protected, they can sting me. Like short sighted, it's like you know they're still dying, maybe worse. So again, there's like this balance that you got to figure out.
1: Well, I think it just comes back to like humanizing, humanizing, stop humanizing.
0: Stop human. I'm out. I always forget the word. Yeah. Somebody said the other day. Yeah. yeah." But yeah, stop humanizing. Um, I mean, the same thing, like treatments, different beekeeping techniques, like there's a balance to everything and you got to find that balance. Like I have a feeling I can be a rougher beekeeper than you?
1: Um, or, I don't know. Or maybe sometimes, years past. I think sometimes I'm rougher because I'm weaker than you. Like you can do certain things that I like can't do and you can kind of be swift and more agile than me when I'm just like pfft, clunk it on. Cause I, it's like too heavy and I got it. Like if it's up too high, like sometimes I'm like doing it. You're like, let me come over here and put that box
0: on. Cause you're, Destroying <laughs> this hive, and I'm like, okay,
1: thanks.
0: Yeah, but I don't, but like, uh, there's times that just like you, a bee gets in your veil, you have a hive that's open, you can spend 20 minutes like trying to get this bee out of your veil. And, you know, separate yourself and everything. But guess what? Then you have this hive that's open for an extra 20 minutes. Yeah. And all these other bees you're interrupting. And what are you doing to that hive well, by, by what we just talked about?
1: Well, and that's like the moving fast. Like sometimes I'm moving slow. This is what I meant to say before. I'm moving slow and I know that my slow movements are at a detriment to the bees. And I need to move faster and I can tell that it's a detriment.
0: Versus like... um we find a random honeybee in the kitchen. I'm like, let me nurse you back to health and give you some honey and keep you warm overnight and then let you out in the morning. Oh
1: my God. There (laughs) was a, there was a bee that was at market and I got a lot of bees at my stand because like there's beeswax and there's honey and, and it was so cold and it was dying. And, I put it in my hand and I warmed it up and then I gave it some honey and I, all these people. But I was only doing the whole market with like one hand, not the whole market, but like 20 minutes with one hand. And I had like a little, it was like underneath my glove a little bit. And I'm like, sorry, I'm moving so slow. I'm saving this bee. And then everybody <sighs> oh was God. like, no, but people were like totally into it. And then all of a sudden she flew away. I'm like, she flew. Everyone's like, yes, you <laughs> saved this bee. And I was like, "We." did it (laughs) oh my god that's so funny it was so great
0: um (laughs) that's good i I, it all comes back to like you know what's your purpose of beekeeping right like or or are you beekeeping with a purpose right so you're getting you even know what your purpose so hey beginners like First of all, shout out to the people that are getting, that are planning to become beekeepers this year, that are listening to podcasts that are reaching out. Like I've had, I've had beginners hit me up right in January, like January 5th. Boom. Hey, I want to, can I get on your list of buy bees? Like they're on it. Shout out to those people. They've signed up for a class. They're doing research. They're not just like, you know, jumping in. I really, I really love that. I, every year I'll get a bunch of people in May. They're like, Hey, can I buy bees? Like, you're not prepared. Like yeah, not You should have figured this out a long time ago. Unless you, like, open your hives up and you're like, oh, man, they're dead. I'll see if I can split. No, I can't split. Let me buy some bees. But the people that are like, oh, this is my first year. Like, mm, nah.
1: They've even asked later than that. Way later than that. <laughs> we talked about that before.
0: Um but yeah, like are you beekeeping because you want to save the bees like we talked about? Like I think uh, this is a,
1: a so you're saying beginners, but I think there's probably beekeepers out there that don't even know why they're beekeeping. I think everybody should take a second like yeah. as we start the new season and be like, "Okay, why why am I doing it this year? Maybe it's different than last year." Is it year. all
0: about you? Is it just like a challenge? Is it something that like makes you feel a certain way? I I hey, maybe it that's is. fine. That, that's fine if that's but like I don't know. Like, be mindful of like w- figure that out.
1: Yeah, I think that's a you, gotta, good you might point. have to
0: look a little inward. Yeah, but or maybe it's like no, because I love honey and I want local honey. Right. Okay. Whatever
1: cool. it is, but I think, yeah, I think there could be lots of like beekeepers that have been doing it for years that w- recheck in. Why this year? Why am I still doing it?
0: I I think it would be good if every beekeeper kind of had their own like mission statement. So one of the like when I worked for this. You bre-
1: love missions.
0: Yeah, when I worked for this one bre- for this brewery before they got bought by this shitty conglomerate and started ter- ter- making terrible beer, um, they were growing and they brought in a person that was like, "All right, we're going to develop," and it was like all the upper management and it was like, "We're going to develop a mission statement," and and the point of that was every decision that was being that would be made from that point on would need to fall in line with the mission statement. And I don't remember what the mission statement was, but it turned out to be like two concise sentences. And you could literally look back and be like, okay, I'm going to buy hops and grain. Does it match up with our mission statement? All right, we're going to make a new beer. Does it match up with the mission statement? Okay. we're, We're hiring somebody like every decision, big or small, you could go back and make sure it fell in line with the mission statement. And I think people need to do that too. Like, okay, you're a beekeeper. You're getting into beekeeping for what purpose? And, and then what kind of um, I don't know morality, like what style like you know we're or we eat organic. We eat try to eat as as local of food as we can. We try to know where our food comes from. So obviously that part of our life is going to leak into our beekeeping. Mm. you know so that's gonna decide some things for us. And it's easy for us because that's just who we are and like what we're already doing. But, like, you know, maybe you are cr- you're crushing McDonald's all the time. So, I don't know. Somebody that's like, doesn't care about their food, Does do they not care about... The the treatment of their bees treatment and the, of the bee? I any don't,
1: of the chemicals that are in it.
0: Or maybe that's they're like, yeah, that's me, but I'm not going to do that to the bees I'm keeping. So, I'm going to keep them at a, in a nicer way. I don't know, but have that kind of come-to-Jesus moment where, like, this is the type of beekeeper I want to be. These are kind of the standards that I want to go by. And then that's going to limit the amount of choices you have when you don't know what to do.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point. It makes things more simple. Although it, um, I think for a lot of people, that's not a simple reflection.
0: And it's pro- and it's not simple right when you get into it. I of think, course. For a lot of people. Well,
1: I don't know. It, it might
0: be. A part of, Again, it's not black and white.
1: Yeah. A lot of people come into beekeeping with strong feelings and strong thoughts. So I think it would probably be easy for those people. Yeah. But then
0: <laughs> I mean is then it literally things
1: happen and then you're you got to stick like yeah, you know, some, are you sticking to your guns or is that not really that important to you?
0: Yeah, there's times where I'm like, ah, the right decision here is to do something that's going to mean less honey. Right. And I'm going to go that route.
1: Yeah, that happens quite more, unfortunately yeah. more often than
0: But you know, is it do you are you looking to be more hands off? Do are you do you want to be organic. Do you want, is it all about success? W- okay. What is success? What is like what How do you measure success yeah. in beekeeping? Is it that they stayed alive? I would say that's more success in my mind. Is it maybe a little combination? They stayed alive. They also got some honey for you. And it
1: depends on how many hives you have. Cause like we said before, sometimes death is part of, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's like, okay. growth. Yeah. Um, so it's not necessarily a failure because the hive dies.
0: Yeah. I mean, profitable. (laughs) If you're looking to become a millionaire beekeeper, start with 2 million, (laughs) you know, it's like, you know, is that what it, it's going to be for you? I mean, if we were just looking at it from a capitalist profit standpoint, our decisions would be way different than they are. For sure. Um, and I'm not judging somebody for that's how they are like, but just have that come to Jesus moment and, and know that that's what it is don't pretend like you're something else. I think it just make you a better beekeeper it, or it'll make beekeeping easier for you. Cause it's all about making decisions. So if you can knock out some of the decisions that you're not going to go with, like it's going to be an easier.
1: And it might also like even highlight what decisions you have to make. Like what are my options here? It might help you figure that out what those options even are. If you like have a purpose of what my goal is.
0: I mean, okay. So we, I said it a thousand times already, but organic standards. And then I think if there's like a coin toss situation, I think we err on the side of more natural. I think that's how we beekeep. Like if I'm, if I'm between two situations and I'm like, oh, I don't really know which way I want to go here. I think I go the more natural route. Okay. Yeah. Right. I,
1: yeah, for sure. Less, less is more. I'm trying to think of an example of what that would be.
0: Um, I remember when I was, you know, like, okay, we're gonna, we it's time we're going to start splitting a lot of hives. Do I take the queen when I make the split, or do I leave the queen and I take the cells and and move them over? And went, okay, I'd rather imitate a swarm, a swarm, which is more natural. So let's leave the queen, or no, let's take the queen and 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 a bunch of bees and make that split and leave the cell and go.
1: Well, also, thinking about this is, like, you don't want your decision-making to be based on emotion. And <laughs> I am definitely, like, a person that's more emotional. And, like, like I, I would be like, oh, we need to do this because I feel nervous and I don't want this to happen. you're like, well, we're not doing that. And just calm down. And, like, kind of co- coming back to, like, even hive wraps i was like craig we haven't wrapped the hives and you're like it's fine like they don't even need it and i was like but it's getting cold and we should probably have you did you check their feed
0: (laughs) well it was also i remember like in december you're like or november you're like it's gonna be really cold tonight we didn't put any wraps on and i'm like well no i know that it's like this is the highest amount of bees. Like this is when their population is peaked. Yeah. Like f- f- as far as winter goes, like they have way more bees right now than they're going to in a month, in two months. Like we're good. If they can't handle freezing temperatures right now, we're, there's a problem. We're screwed.
1: Well, I'm glad that I have you sometimes because I'm like, okay, if Greg's not worried about it, I'm not going to be worried about it. But there have been times where I wake up in the middle of the night. I've woken up and you've been up, and I'm like, we need to feed the bees. And you're like, go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, oh man do, are we 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 were talking are we weirdos with like how we eat like do you think most people listening to this like crush fast food all the time
1: I have no idea it's like the same thing with be, be people's beekeeping styles is well, like people I will don't walk, know
0: people will walk into a beekeeping meeting with like a bag of McDonald's and I'm like
1: huh uh, but everybody eats McDonald's don't they do, Not, I don't I don't but like doesn't doesn't I, everybody eat McDonald's? Uh I don't know. I don't know either. Are Tell we alienating us.
0: Alienating our fan base would I we have think like twenty six thousand so. listeners right now if we would have uh if we would be like pro McDonald's?
1: I don't know. I uh Are there
0: people listening to this being like these? I think we might jerks. be alienating
1: people right now. They're like, <laughs> we don't like these people anymore. <laughs>
0: Yo, every time I drive by a Taco Bell, though, I can taste ah, it. Taco Bell used it. to
1: be so good. I, I mean, it's s- absolutely disgusting, but it tasted. Somebody so told good. somebody told
0: me like on the the healthy scale of all the fast food restaurants, Taco Bell's like not that bad. Okay. It doesn't. Where did this person get their? It's still every time I drive by, I'm like, I could get a six pack of tacos. It'd be so good. I heard
1: a comedian, I don't remember exactly. I'm going to butcher this, but they were like, Yeah, I heard that like Taco Bell used horse meat. And then they were like, Horse meat is so good then. (laughs) (laughs) I love horse meat. (laughs) Oh,
0: man. Shout out IKEA. They had like horse meat in their meatballs that were so popular. They're
1: Swedish. They can do whatever they
0: want. Sturgen, Durgen, Burgen. Um, yeah, so I don't know what this episode this episode is just a little ramble that we were talking about. You got an herb corner. Out.
1: Oh, I do have an herb corner. Yeah. That's fun. Um, I think I think it was overall um I, I went look I, inward to find your way.
0: But I was I was thinking in like this whole this episode when what we were gonna talk about, I was like a lot of beginners are hitting me up about stuff right now. Like this is a time that beginners are they should hear this. And I think like everybody you should hear this. I think yeah. it's good.
1: I think it's good to just even just remember, okay, like maybe you and I should even have a conversation like off air, but like, what are our, what are we doing? What are our goals this year? Again, because you're going into the hives, you're going into your apiary. Maybe it's just a different situation going in every single year. What's the spring like? I, I don't know. I think it's a really good. I think it's a really good conversation to have. Um, okay, herb corner. Do you want to do a little riff? Like herb corner. <laughs> okay, so I figured that um, I would pick an herb that everybody has access to easily at the grocery store, since we're in the middle of winter, at least where we live, and that is thyme. And um, thyme actually has a lot of um fingers or uh, in beekeeping yeah i was going to say thymol yeah um and that is like a constituent of uh the the plant which a constituent is like a you know uh photo phytochemistry
0: you're saying things that are more difficult to understand
1: it's like a po- it's like the medicinal part of the plant there we go the medicinal there's different properties like like um like essential oils or monoterpene. So that's a part of the plant. Thymol is like a part of the plant. It's a constituent.
0: Got it. Um, I don't know where you're going with phytochemistry, though.
1: That is phytochemistry.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've never heard the word phytochemistry. Plant oh, plant really? Phytochemistry yeah. is just plant chemistry?
1: Uh, that's what I thought. You should- <laughs> um, but thymol is like antibacterial and anti-inflammatory. So, um, Okay, so... Time is, we've been talking about energetics of plants, and time is warm and dry. So you're going to want to use time in, in circumstances where you have like phlegm and like wet, like coughs, and you're sick with like this, like this productive. And that would
0: be a cold, you'd be cold and wet? Yeah. Or, or, no, no, I'm serious. Yeah. Yes, so it would you're be saying... like a,
1: this cold... I I don't know if people, cold is a little bit more complicated, but like if we're just talking about like the bronchi and like if you have like a lung kind of infection with or sinus infection that's like producing wet and and there's stuff in there. Because sometimes you're really dried out and like you cough and you can't get anything up. That would be... That would be something that's dry. So you want to use the opposite. So if you have like this wet cough, you want to use a dry herb for that. That makes sense. Yeah. So thyme, like it's antiviral. It's antibacterial. It's an expectorant. It helps um, get rid of all of those things. It helps bring things up from the lungs. I really am wondering if thymol does help like um, the health of the bees as it's, as it's, hurting the mites i don't even know if they know that but it just is interesting um and so if you if you're sick in this way um like colds flu bronchial congestion we had talked episodes back about garlic and the antibacterial nature of garlic and garlic and thyme make a really nice combination
0: or i wonder if it's just the drying out is what affects the mites and that's what hurts them because they need like a moister environment or something. And I don't, yeah. Yeah. It's, I'd be curious. I've never looked into like actually how it works. Like yeah, oxalic, I know it's like it burns their hands yeah. and, and that's even a argued thing where hmm. people say that's not, not what's happening. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what thymol.
1: Yeah. It's well, and it's just thymol that they use. I don't know. No, yeah. no, no, no. That's just like
0: the, the most active of the compounds that's in it.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah, so it's antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral, anti-inflammatory. So it would be good for like if you wanted to even like something yummy you could do when you're sick is like crush some garlic. Let it sit for 15 minutes. Let it kind of get its antibacterial properties all geared up. Put some thyme in there. Put some olive oil in there. Eat a piece of bread. And snort it. Just snort it. Sounds so good to me. Um, or just like add it to soup, like not cook it in soup, but just like fresh. Um,
0: you yeah, people, fresh garlic, 15, crush it 15 minutes later, just put it on food. Mm. I mean, I love that, but it's so crazy good for you.
1: And also have your partner eat the same thing because you're going <laughs> to stink. Uh,
0: I'll send Kara with uh, food, usually like leftovers for work. And I'll be like, Oh man, or that dinner was so garlicky. Like I feel bad. Her <laughs> yeah. students are like, Oh like, man. Hi. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so also um if you have a sore throat, time is really good. So Greg woke up with a really sore throat the other day and text messaged me and he's like, My throat is so swollen,
0: this is crazy. And I said It wasn't my throat, it was the uvula that was like my little bul- thing that baldus. hangs down. Yo, it was crazy. It. I woke up and I thought I started, I started like, choking and I thought I had something stuck in my throat. Don't give too many details this was gnarly. And I reached in Oh, <laughs> oh I reached in and it was like and I, I, t- I could touch <sighs> it. My uvula was resting on top of my tongue and causing me to gag and I thought there was just a growth in my throat overnight and I was like well I'm dying. I'm dead I'm dead tomorrow. There were really good pictures on my camera roll. <laughs> I was like, ew! And I, yeah, I I, literally—I paper towel and I grabbed, and I was like, wait, this is the uvula. And then I looked in a mirror, and then Kara was like, do this, 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 and this, and
1: this. I just said, do a steam, do a sage steam, but you don't really like steam, so I was like, make a a, like a a strong sage tea and gargle with it. Yo, I'm
0: so bad at gargling. And I can gargle for one second before I puke it up. Well, well not also, puke it up. You know what I mean? They can't do it.
1: The good thing about that is like when that happens, sometimes it like goes down in your throat and it kind of just like stays there. But anyway, sage is super powerful. But if you did a time sage, like hot water tea, let it sit, let it steep, and then obviously you're gonna wanna like um uh, filter it out. But that's really good. That's highly antibacterial. And Greg got better like really quickly from that. Um, Thyme is really good for like if you, we want to move down to the digestive system. Um, Like if you have gas, um, thyme tea, um, maybe even just chew on some thyme. If you're kind of feeling nauseous, that would be a really good thing to do. Um, And then you could make a thyme honey
0: Oh, that's totally a thing. Yeah, remember we got given honey from Greece. Yes,
1: yeah, so that it was, was like, like time. Mon-
0: monoculture honey. It wasn't mixed with time, but oh, okay. it came from like a time farm. Okay, and it totally had this like little time timiness to it.
1: Yeah, that was good. I like. I wonder that. if
0: that farm is like real good against mites. It'd mm-hmm. be interesting.
1: That is interesting. Um, yeah, so you could just um, put it in some put it in some honey. You could even make a, I had given a recipe for, um, a cough syrup in the elder, when we talked about elderberry. Um, but you could make a syrup with thyme. That would be really good. Uh, you can just stick thyme in honey and like, let it hang out in there for probably like six weeks. You kind of just like see when the activity is done and filter it out. And that could be like a really good, um, you know,
0: powerful for you, sore throats dry time dried already well but,
1: i don't know with the honey do i know you it to increase the moisture yeah
0: and i don't know if that would be good all of a sudden it would be, the honey might be fermenting although time is so small i don't know if it would be able to give enough moisture to raise it above that you know 18 19
1: it doesn't say in my notes it's, interesting. it's like um, but it does it does if you are making it and you wanted the strongest antibacterial and antioxidant activity, you decoct it and decoct it means like put the time and you're gonna wanna use dry time. Put the time in like a pot with some water and let it just simmer for like twenty minutes, half hour, um, let it reduce the I a thought little you were gonna bit. say twenty four hours.
0: No. And then
1: okay. strain it out and that had the the um the strongest antibacterial and antioxidant so yeah time like if you're thinking about you know you're planting your gardens or um you know just buying dried thyme um time's like a little bit annoying because it is so small it's like hard to but I find if you just like chop it up just chop it up really small like you can't even really tell that it's like annoying or if you're gonna put it in honey just keep the sticks keep the twigs like whole don't chop them up
0: and then you just pull the whole twig yeah
1: out. Nice. and then if there's like a little time who really cares so yeah that's time
0: that is our time there we go and if you made it this far you are a rock star we super appreciate it thanks for uh letting us hit our 25k
1: yeah thanks guys and thanks for the blind blind <laughs> yeah and, yeah yeah
0: whoever has sent us money you rule um, check out Kara dot skincare.com Kara K A R A Joe J O skincare.com. All kinds of really rad skincare products, honey, beeswax um, products, yeah. just shampoo. soap. we've got stuff for eczema. People are getting eczema. right Yeah. Eczema. I would say e- eczema is on fire right now. our eczema oil is crushing. Yeah. Right now. If
1: you go to, um, there's a skin concerns and you click on that, there's a bunch of different skin concerns and then, um, there's different products you can get for those different skin concerns, so you can check
0: that out too. Yeah, check us out at Carajo Skincare on Instagram, Carajo Bee Farm on Instagram. It's basically a GOAT account right now because it's beekeeping <laughs> off season. And
1: mind your hives. And on mind Instagram. your
0: hives on Instagram. We appreciate y'all. Thank you so much. Peace.